guys can have a seat. Well, we're here to celebrate tonight the birth of Jesus. We're here in this room. Many of you are watching online from home or maybe you're stuck in an airport. Sorry about that. We're glad to have all of you here. We're here to celebrate Jesus' birth, but we're not just here to celebrate a birthday. We're here to celebrate Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and what that means to us, what all of it means to us. We get a hint of that meaning from a book of the Bible called Matthew. It's one of four biographies that were written about Jesus' life from four different perspectives. And this Matthew, these four books that are biographies in our Bible, they're called Gospels. The word gospel means good news. I want to read to you what was the first good news that was shared about Jesus. It was a, an angel who came from heaven, talked to this young man named Joseph who was engaged to a young lady named Mary. And this is what the angel said to Joseph. She, meaning Mary, she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So right off the bat, Jesus was given two names. This baby was given two names, Jesus. And the word Jesus means the Lord saves. And Emmanuel, God with us. Listen, Jesus didn't just come to fulfill prophecies. Although he did, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies with his birth and his life and his death, his resurrection. But that wasn't all. Jesus came to give us meaning, to give us meaning, to fill our lives with his presence, with his peace, with his joy. He came to earth to show us that the God who is with us is the God who saves. But what does he save us from? Some of us feel like we have all we need. What, what, what does he save us from? Well, there was a man who lived in Jesus' day who seemed to have it all. He had power. He had money. He had friends. He had all that you could seem to hope for. But he wasn't fulfilled. Something was missing. And he knew it. There was an emptiness gnawing at him. And when he encountered Jesus, I believe something inside of him said, he knows what's missing. mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next. You're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. It's that simple. Must be nice to live in a world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? 
You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? I grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. The man Matthew, whose life you just saw portrayed, the man Matthew, who had it all, left it all, to follow Jesus. Matthew was not a well-loved person in his community because he sided with the Romans to collect taxes for them, the Romans who were occupying his nation. But I, I have a feeling that Matthew didn't care what other people thought. Up to this point, he just cared about himself. He was fine with that, it seemed. Matthew had friends. Matthew had lots of friends that you know, they were maybe attracted to his wealth and his power, or maybe they were wealthy and powerful like him. And I don't think his friends probably cared that much about what people thought either. What more could they have? They were on the top of their world, money, wealth, power, each other, friends. But something was missing. Something was missing from their life. Why else would someone like Matthew have left it all to follow Jesus. Here's how it happens. Matthew actually told his own story. We know about Matthew's story from Matthew himself. He wrote, as I mentioned, one of those four Gospels, the Gospel known as Matthew. And his story begins in the ninth chapter of Matthew. This was the day that changed Matthew's life, and this is what you just witnessed. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. He told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Crazy, huh? He just got up and left like that? Who would do that? Well, let me give you the backstory, okay? As I said, this is, this is pretty well into Jesus' ministry. Jesus was well known. A lot of the stories and things you know about Jesus, if you're familiar with that, had already taken place before Matthew joined them. So Matthew was pretty, I mean, so Jesus was pretty well known, and people like Matthew and others knew quite a bit about Jesus. They kind of knew what to expect about Jesus more than anything. 
I believe what they saw in Jesus was Jesus offered hope to a people who had really almost no hope, even people like Matthew who had so much wealth and possessions. There wasn't a lot of hope in his world. So on the one hand, Matthew, who was a young man, but had acquired so much at a young age, he had so much to lose. But on the other hand, if his life was so great, so good, so full of stuff, why did he leave it all to follow Jesus? That evening, or soon afterwards, but probably that evening, Matthew hosted a party for Jesus and his disciples, his followers. And Matthew also invited all of his friends. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. That's Matthew's words about his friends. And Matthew must have had a big house, or at least a big yard, because a lot of people, I'm sure, were at that party. I don't know if this was one of those parties where the neighbors called the police, or if it was one of these parties that just attracted attention with all the mules and camels with fancy saddles lined up and down the street with all of Matthew's friends coming there to join him. But it attracted attention. People saw it, and it attracted the attention of a group of men called Pharisees. They were a religious group of leaders. They were kind of the morality police there in Israel, and they ran the show until Jesus came along and started upsetting things. When the Pharisees saw this, they saw this party, these people whom Jesus was eating with. When they saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And listen to the way they're calling it. Just looking down on people so self-righteous. Now, notice they didn't come into the party. They didn't address Jesus directly. They asked some of Jesus' followers. And I'm guessing, well, how did they ask his followers if they didn't come into the party? Well, perhaps some of Jesus' disciples were a bit uncomfortable being at such a bougie party. And they, they didn't quite know how to accept what Jesus was doing with this, this guy that, that turned on their own people, Matthew. But anyway, they were asked this question, and one or two of them must have gone in to the party and passed on this question from the Pharisees to Jesus. And I can just imagine Jesus, the look on Jesus' face when he was asked this question and, and, and told this, you know, what the Pharisees were asking. I'm thinking Jesus probably smiled and very calmly said, what am I doing here with all these sinners? And when he asked that, probably everyone got quiet and wanted to hear what Jesus said. And Jesus said, tell them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. There was a hint of sarcasm when he called the Pharisees healthy, which I'm sure they thought they were. I'm sure they assumed they were, but Jesus wasn't talking to them. He wasn't really answering the question for their sake. He was answering the question for the sake of the people that were there, those who were invited to the party, Matthew's friends. You see, he didn't treat them like a charity project. Jesus welcomed those people, those people that none of his people probably really cared for, and he was welcoming them into his community of friends. That he referred to all of Matthew's friends as as sinners who, who needed, uh, as, as sick people who needed a doctor, I don't think it bothered them. There's nothing in, in, in this story to, to give us an indication, nothing from Matthew, who was one of them, 
to, to see that it bothered them much at all because they knew something was wrong with their lives. They knew something was missing. They, they knew that there was something unfulfilled in their life that all their other successes to this point just weren't touching. And yet now Jesus touched that empty space in their hearts, that empty space they felt. There was probably plenty to eat at Matthew's party, dinner party that night, but but that's not what was filling them. What began filling them that evening, especially Matthew, was as they were around Jesus, they began to sense hope and purpose in their lives for maybe the first time ever in their lives. It was Jesus welcoming them into his new kingdom, a kingdom that no one really understood much about yet. That's what Jesus does. It's what he still does, folks. He welcomes all of us into his kingdom, into his community of friends, regardless of our past. He forgives our sins. He forgives our, our bad choices and our selfish decisions that sometimes hurt us and sometimes hurt other people that we love and people that we don't even know that we hurt. He forgives us for those things. And he gives us a fresh start. He gives people a fresh start at a young life, in the middle of life, and even at the very end of life, Jesus will give us, give you, a fresh start if you're willing to accept it. And he fulfills that longing in each of us that only he can satisfy. That's what we see in the story of Matthew's decision to walk away from it all to get something much more. You want to see what it looks like today, in our day, in our community? Watch this. I realize Jesus is always looking for people who don't think anybody is looking for them. So I had a I had a really good upbringing. Had a was really blessed with family and friends. Uh, we went to church every now and then, like on special occasions and. Man, if, if, if somebody asked me, like, if I, was, if I was going to heaven, if I was saved, I mean, my answer was just, I hope so. I grew up in a church, my mom and my grandmother, I went with them, and I wasn't very close with God. I mean, I would pray every now and then whenever I wanted something, you know. Now, in my teenage years, I began to push the idea of God out and religion in general. With that, I started to push accountability out for my actions as well. I was diving into sex and alcohol and never once thought there was any consequences with that. I thought that was, you know, life and, but, you know, I never even once thought about Jesus. You know, he was, he was a curse word that I would say out of my mouth, you know, it was never anything um, good. So I felt like I was, more or less walking through life with no true sense of purpose. Like, yeah, it's great. I graduated high school, went to college, got a good job, and then got a good house. And my life was going great. I felt like my had, I had my priorities in line, but uh, something was, was missing and I couldn't figure out what it was. 
Well, when COVID came around, I lost a job that I was really in love with, and I ended up working, going back to work at my uh, family business, and um, started working with a, a guy. And uh, you know, as coworkers do, as you get to know each other, we started to talk about things, and um, the God came up, and we started talking about God, and I started to ask him questions about Christianity, and you know, what it meant to believe, and we just started to read the Bible. He said, here you go, I'm, we're about to learn. So we started to read the Bible every day, and we got all the way to Second Kings, and I said, okay, when is this Jesus part, you know? And we started we started reading the, the Gospels, and I, something, something was happening. I was super, you know, intrigued. Something about it was just, like, I needed to know. But then I got sick, and I ended up getting on a antibiotic and I couldn't drink, I had to be sober. So in that time, I was really getting closer to the Lord. I was focusing more on Him and not what I needed. I, was, I needed Him and at that time, I was starting to see my sin in its true light. And I remember watching a scene from this TV show of Peter after he just caught all the fish and he got down on his knees and, and and said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And that, something just pierced me inside and I just, I gave it up, I, you know, and I stepped over the line of faith. I I could see that what I was seeking in the world wasn't fulfilling me, it, it was really Jesus. Jesus was what I needed this whole time. I felt a peace over my life that I've never felt before. Um, my life had changed completely. I was one way and now I'm a different way. I wanted to, to tell everyone about Jesus, so, one night, I ended up texting Tanner, my cousin. Uh, and Fisher just texted me out of the blue and just started to, started asking me about my faith and just asking me like what my relationship with Jesus was like. And I just kind of felt this sense of conviction on my heart. Like, I, mean, I didn't really know what to say exactly. Uh, like, I definitely didn't feel comfortable talking about my faith. And that really just bothered me. So after our conversation, he, he encouraged me to, to read the Book of Romans. I dusted off my Bible that night and started reading through the Book of Romans, and uh, I just felt this just overwhelming just conviction, because like, I felt like it was just speaking to me and just how I had been living life. For the first time in a while, I went into my room and just got down on my knees and just prayed, uh, and just prayed my heart out. So in that moment, rather than feeling the, all the weight of my sins and all the negativity that that brings, I just felt uplifted and just this overwhelming just sense of love and, and peace and like he was there just saying, it's, it's going to be okay, like just, just give it all to me. It just showed me that true fulfillment can all be found through Jesus because He's done all the work. It's not up to me to, to do anything. All I have to do is follow. So at that point, I, I knew my next step was to be baptized. Uh, so I actually got, I got baptized on Easter. And uh, after that, uh, my next step was to join a small group and we meet every Monday night. Uh, yeah, I, I love those people. <laughs> They're all like some of my best friends now. 
God put me on that work truck with that coworker. That wasn't my plan, God did that. It says in John 6:44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. Jesus comes to us, we don't come to him. I realize Jesus is always looking for people who don't think anybody is looking for them. And it's hard to find fulfillment in things you know might not last forever because Jesus is the only way to find fulfillment in this life. So my next step is to be baptized in I'm a little nervous, but I'm determined to do it, and I know Jesus commands us to do it, and I, I want to show it others and my family that my life has changed completely. Catch what Tanner said about his decision to follow Jesus. So powerful, I wrote it down. He said, when I stepped over the line of faith, instead of the weight of my sins and all that negativity, I felt this fulfilling, this, this overwhelming sense of love. That's what Jesus does for you. That's what Matthew felt nearly 2,000 years ago when he stepped away from the tax collector's booth over the line of faith to begin a journey of following Jesus. And that's what led him to pen the words of this gospel we call Matthew that included not just his story, but the story of many others and, and his words, which have inspired and helped so many millions of people around the world and through the hundreds of years since then to come and find that fulfillment in Jesus. And that's what you can experience today at this Christmas celebration. The point's not being religious. Jesus just turned all that upside down. The point is following Jesus. It's having a relationship with Jesus. And if you want that fulfillment that they're beginning to feel, that fulfillment that's leading them on a journey to follow Jesus and become more like him, you can have that. You can come away from today's service with a lot more than just a, you know, a good dose of Christmas cheer. You can come away with a new life. If you want that, if you're ready for that, if, if you felt that Jesus sought you out, I think as Fisher said, John 6, 44 says, no one comes to the Father, no one comes to the Son unless the Father sent him draws him. You're here because Jesus drew you here. And if you're feeling that, you realize Jesus has found you, then follow him. I can help you begin that. I can help you get on that path that Matthew and Tanner and Fisher got on with a simple prayer. I'd love to lead you in that if you're ready for that. You can just pray from your heart. You don't have to pray out loud, but pray from your heart. I'd like to ask all of you to close your eyes and bow your head as I lead those people in prayer. Just, just follow along with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're so much more than a baby in a manger. I believe you're God's sent son sent to save the world and me. I need what Matthew and Tanner and Fisher have. Take the weight of my sin away and fill me with your overwhelming love. 
I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And I believe God raised you from the dead so you could give life to me. Come into my life. Take control. And fill what only you can fill in me. Amen. Look back up here. If you